0: The All-Star Break is here, but the Locked on Kings podcasts keep on coming. On today's episode, for the first time in a long time, my friend and colleague at ABC10, Sean Cunningham, longtime media member covering the Sacramento Kings. He is back with me on Locked on Kings. We're talking about a bunch of stuff. Of course, the demontis Savonis trade. Sean had an interview with Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell the day before Tyrese was traded. So he's going to tell us about that situation, what he pulled from that interview. We'll talk about Marvin Bagley being traded. We'll talk about the remainder of the season. Sean will share why the play-in tournament really doesn't matter and what truly matters for this Kings group. There's a whole lot to listen to and a whole lot to unpack right here on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. You are Locked
1: On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On
0: Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And now... Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time,
0: time for another
1: episode of Locked On
0: Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in depth analysis, game by game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years eighth season covering the Kings now with ABC 10 news and television where I have known for a while, but now I get to work with on a daily basis. My guest on today's locked on Kings podcast, Sean Cunningham, huge friend of mine, a frequent guest here on locked on Kings, although it's been quite a while, this might be the first time since either the very beginning of the season or even the off season that we've had Sean Cunningham on Locked on Kings. And some of you have been asking where he's been, love having him on. So I'm very excited uh, to have him back here during this all-star break. Like I mentioned in the intro, a ton of stuff for us to talk about his interview with Tyrese and Davion Mitchell right before Halliburton was traded, uh, talking about this all-star break, talking about Rashawn Holmes and his struggles, talking about uh, Marvin Bagley being traded, talking about really the meat and potatoes of this, that, that if you don't pull anything else out of, really listen to what Sean has to say about the remainder of the season, what's important, to see between De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis and this different Kings team, uh, the importance of this off season, the significance of the play-in game, thoughts on tanking the remainder of the season. Sean and I discuss a lot of that, a lot to unpack here, a lot to respond to as well. And we want you to respond. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Sack. You can find Sean on Twitter at Sean Cunningham. Uh, and uh, be sure to interact with us there. You can also email me, Sports at gmail.com. Uh, and you can leave your thoughts and questions and comments in the YouTube comment section down below below. if you're watching on YouTube. But enough of me blabbing by myself. I have to get to this interview. It'll dominate the podcast today, and I think you're going to enjoy every single second of it. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with ABC 10's Sean Cunningham. I think all of us here in Sacramento are thankful for this all-star break, but it's a little more disappointing in the sense that uh, a couple of weeks ago, we thought that the Kings were going to have a couple representatives here at all-star weekend, at least in the rising stars challenge, Tyrese Halliburton, who of course was traded to the Indiana Pacers and Davion Mitchell, who had to uh, bow out of the competition with an injury. Sean Cunningham from ABC 10 back with me here on locked on Kings. He actually sat down with them inside the golden one center for like an all-star preview conversation and Sean I guess this is just how the NBA works right
1: it's my fault it's yeah. it's strictly my fault that they were traded that, that well that Tyrese was traded and uh, yeah I mean you sit down and you do one of those conversations and I remember telling uh, my crew that we were always working with Kevin John and Yvonne Hinohos who was our photographer and um, and even some members of the PR team I said okay great now just don't trade don't trade either one of them and literally the next morning Tyrese was packing his bag to Indiana so yeah man it's a it, it, things happen so quickly in the NBA and I like to remind people of that because um you know a direction of a franchise you might kind of think what have an idea of where they're going and all of a sudden it can turn on its ear really quickly so
0: I've gone through a bit of a roller coaster of emotions with the and, and even in even <laughs> Actually, uh
1: shocker as you're known to do right me, me? Yes. emotional what are we talking about <laughs>
0: But when the Tyrese Halliburton news or uh, the trade came down, it was it was like a shocked frustration almost because if anybody was considered untouchable on the team or close to considered untouchable, I, I thought Tyrese was at the top of that list. But I've since come around to seeing a couple of games of Fox and Sabonis together, like what Sabonis can do, like how Fox has performed since that trade. So it goes back and forth, and then you see what uh, no surprise how Tyrese is succeeding so far with the Indiana Pacers, even though they're they're only one and three since that trade. But Sean, uh, you have gotten opportunities to actually speak in person with Tyrese Halliburton and his article in the Players' Tribune gave a kind of a raw look into what basically a life-changing 30 minutes was like for him, getting a call from his agent, another call from his agent, a call from Monty McNair, and suddenly he's heading to Indiana type thing. And he, he didn't necessarily take that personally, uh, but that, that kind of hit him hard. Did that surprise you, his response based off of what you understand of him?
1: No, not at all. I mean, he put his everything into Sacramento I, and he, I think should have been the, I don't, maybe he just didn't. I mean, he. there were comments that were made, uh, Matt, even before when I sat down with him where he was alluding the fact that, you know, Hey, Davion and I, you know, we're, we kind of represent what the future here is in Sacramento. Um, I think what he should have realized that there were people who are more available than him for sure. When, when the whole, everyone is available. Everyone should be available for how trash this, this, or this team has been. Um, and he, he, yeah, it hit him hard naturally. I mean, he's a guy who legit wanted to be here. And I know, you know, Kings fans tend to really embrace those type of people who want to be here. I will, I will say though, like, yeah, there's people that that don't want to be here throughout their time in Sacramento and ups and downs and their circumstances, but by and large, man, most people do like Sacramento, especially when they get here, they might have a, you know, some preconceived notion about Sacramento and, and you'll remember like Ty's a smart guy. He, he looked at the way the Kings organization was. He looked at what it represents, where it could be represented a great opportunity for him. And he wanted to be a part of rebuilding that. So he, he gave it his all, he put his all into it. And then when essentially he says that they didn't want me, I mean, that's a, that's a rough way to look at it. But they legitimately traded, got rid of six players in, in a span of three days. And he was probably the only one they really truly valued in terms of their long-term future. And in doing so, landing an all-star caliber player. And I like to say, Matt, like, yeah, he's, Demonis Sabonis is a two-time NBA all-star in the East. A big man who has unreal playmaking ability. Um, so you don't really lose a lot there in terms of the playmaking ability. It just it goes through a different position, a much bigger position. But to be a two-time All-Star caliber player, he may never make another All-Star team again, and that's fine. But he has that type of All-Star talent, which is a legit 20-10 and type of guy and who can also just distribute the basketball. And I think, you know, that's the way he needs to look at it. It's certainly the way Buddy Heald look at it. I mean, Buddy's been dealt twice now, and it's been with All-Star players in mind. So um, even though, you know, Buddy in the reality of things, Buddy – was literally just money um there's a value there for buddy but it isn't as big as Tyrese Halliburton who legitimately is under team control for four years who doesn't make a ton of money and you can really build around that and him and Chris Duarte will be really nice and it's gonna mm. it's gonna be it's gonna sting Kings fans to see him not only in the the Rising Stars challenge but whatever happens with the Pacers but they should but Kings fans should be very very optimistic about what lies ahead I mean I don't like to do the Chris Webber comparison in terms of talent and in terms of what Damanis Sabonis does to what Chris Webber does. But the one thing that is undeniably true is that they were both 25 years old when they were coming to Sacramento. Um, Webb had a little bit more baggage, obviously, than Domas. Domas doesn't really have uh, any baggage, other than the fact that he just hasn't really been a winning-type player uh, in the NBA, but certainly some playoff experience. And they both have two years of control. And I think there's a fear that he's going to leave, and I don't see that fear. I think it's a, it was a, it was definitely a risk worth taking. It was the swing of the fence move I've been just absolutely calling for for the past greater part of a year, mm. and it was a franchise-altering move. And I think, in a larger picture, I mean, you see the way. Granted, they've they've lost their what two and two since the trade, but you're seeing a better deer and fox. Uh, I I like De'Aaron Fox with the ball in his hands. It's kind of a little bit more of a double down in the belief that De'Aaron Fox is that guy. But even if he's not that guy, Matt, like Tyrese Halliburton, based off of the team control and the money he doesn't make, compared to De'Aaron Fox with the money he does make, made Tyrese the more marketable player and the more desirable player to bring to their team. So um, De'Aaron can look at that as a motivating factor, sure, but, you know, I think if, if it came down, like I, the Kings would have much rather liked to have kept Tyrese Halliburton, but hopefully this draws the best out of De'Aaron Fox.
0: And we're seeing Fox already playing better. I'm going to ask you about that and talk a little bit about the main differences that we're seeing in a little bit. Uh, but, Sean, you, you and I have both been calling for a swing for the fences move for a while, although that kind of wavered for me a little bit as we got further into the kind of depths of this season, and Sacramento wasn't really going anywhere, and it looked like, hey, maybe – posturing for some kind of draft position to add something to a Fox and Halliburton court next year. Maybe that was in the cards, but uh, speaking of uh, players that you've covered for a long time, you mentioned the buddy heel trade. And of course, DeMarcus cousins was the one who was shipped out. DeMarcus was truly blindsided by the Kings organization, by Vlade Divac, who basically they had a, a deal on the table for him, told him he was going to get max money and then traded him during the all star break. I think it's a little dramatic to call Tyrese, being blindsided or called this a blindsight necessarily when he, I guess, and everybody knew that everybody was up for conversation. How how do you view the differences or similarities between those, those two situations? Well, both can be true.
1: I mean, Tyrese just got drafted. He tumbled to Sacramento at the 12th spot and uh, he looked to be the brightest thing going for, for Sacramento at the time. So it's similar in the sense that I'll tell you this, Matt, like when Vladi Devots took control, and he has an all-star center in DeMarcus Cousins, and then he drafts Willie Cauley-Stein, and then he drafts Yorgos Papayanis, and then he Mm. drafts, like, four of his first five, whatever it was, three of the four, four of the five first-round picks were 6'10 and taller. Mm. You know, that there is a a similarity there with Monty McNair. He's got Mm -hmm. Darren Fox, who he just extended, and then you draft Dave, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and then you draft Davion Mitchell. So mm-hmm. um, you almost look at like, okay, there's going to be a changing of the guard, or maybe this is just you can call it depth. You can call it different things. You're you're bringing a brilliant playmaker. You're bringing a guy who's a brilliant on-ball defender. Um, we see that. You can call that depth. But the reality is, you're you're kind of creating something that they were hoping could be something that they believe in for the next few years as as a as a as kind of a a cog in this wheel uh, and being a very good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they truly felt that Tyrese and De'Aaron couldn't coexist. Obviously, that's been well documented and well-bannered about. And the ter- you know They didn't have many games where they played well together. Um, it was an adjustment to see De'Aaron Fox with the ball out of his hands. Um, but I do believe that they felt very strongly that the two of them could go forward. I also feel that they knew that they they... I know they felt they had to make a franchise-altering moves, and they didn't they did it without having to move any of their picks they were literally sitting on ben simmons for so long um, that between that and the moves that were made in the offseason with the fall apart deal with the with the lakers like <laughs> there were moves that they had identified as moves they were really counting on making and they just didn't happen mm. and you have to they 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 tried to make inroads and try to make some some hay on try to make some you know get get somewhere with some of those moves ben simmons being one of them But when Demonis Sabonis became available, you know, I feel like there was a moment where it was legitimately a deal on the table that that they just couldn't come to an agreement with, and it was Indiana possibly the next day after or later in the day after the interview I did where finally they went, all right, now we got to really think about this. Yeah, it involves Ty. Maybe a first-round pick was attached to it initially too, along with Tyrese Halliburton, and the Kings were balking at it. Mm -hmm. Um, But in order to do it, you know, yeah, it was surprising. But again, back to the original question, DeMarcus Cousins being blindsided at All-Star Weekend in an All-Star game where he's representing the Kings and Tyrese Halliburton being blindsided because he's two years into his deal is representing the future. Both can be completely true. Both can be absolutely blindsided at the times that they happened. But I would tell both players, I did tell one of them, this team sucks. And you have, you have to make moves. And oftentimes when you make moves to try to make yourself better, you got to trade the best player.
0: Today's episode of Locked On Kings is brought to you by Bet Online. Football season might be over, but basketball has been b- full steam, really, for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news all season long. And it's not just for basketball. Of course, Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and the action. Check out Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, what about the the future going forward of De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis? Uh, the word that I used, Sean, is, is Fox looks noticeably refreshed. Almost, and and I asked Monty McNair at the press conference, not directly. Hey, did Fox have input on this decision? But I, I was curious if Damontae Sabonis was someone that Fox requested or Fox has been asking for that type of big man to be partnered with. I don't know if I'm there yet, ready to say, kind of like you uh, you alluded to that Fox and Halliburton couldn't have worked together. But clearly, even though they've had barely any practice time together, Fox and Sabonis look like they can work together. And 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 it's shown off immediately. What is it to you about Sabonis and Fox's partnership that has Fox playing freely and back to what we expected him to be in the way he was playing last season?
1: Well, I think it takes a lot of pressure off him. You know, he doesn't have to be the guy every single time. Uh, it has he has a little bit more control with the ball in his hands. He's not really having to play off ball and stand in the corner. I've said countless times, if De'Aaron Fox is standing in the corner on the perimeter just watching, you've already lost. Like that, you're you're just doomed. Um, he need, I think having the ball in his hands is, is paramount for him, um, playing off of a defender. Um, there's a lot of, or playing off of a big man who can be a facilitator is huge. I think they have a nice little two man game going. Um, I think they're still trying to figure it out, but Matt, the thing I think gets lost in this is this team is immensely smarter. I mean, this team is leaps and bounds. They've added so many guys that just know basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, they're making the right play that first game was was pretty incredible to watch against the Timberwolves when they when they had first made the trade. Now granted there were other trades that happened later, but the ball movement was incredible. I mean it looked like the Harlem Globetrotters out there. And that wasn't even Demonis Sabonis's best game. I mean he, I still don't think he's had that 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 true game yet. Mm-hmm. Um because there's been some some moments in probably each one of these four games that he's played in it just hasn't quite looked great. Um but certainly, even him as a pedestrian average game for him, he's flirting with triple-doubles. So, um, yeah, I think it takes a, a ton of pressure off of Fox. Uh, I, I am super intrigued to see what the rest of the season looks like with the two of them. Um, I don't know that Fox is refreshed. I know there's a lot of people kind of making <laughs> jokes about that, and even the way he talks at press conferences. Call it what you will. The fact is they just they just pressed a little bit of a reset button. They've changed the franchise. Everybody should be in. uh, Everybody on that team who are still who's still there should be unbelievably excited for what the future holds. You just added an all-star talent at 25 years old. You didn't add an all-star talent who's on the downside of his career. You added an an all-star talent that that addresses a a huge area of need. And yeah, you you gave up on Tyrese Halliburton, but this Kings team was able to do that. You still have De'Aaron Fox. You still have Davion Mitchell, who you believe in. You know what it looks like in two years. I don't care about like right now. This is an important step for them to make. Going for this play-in tournament, I get it. I I remember I said it. it, I said before the trade for months. I was saying this season be damned. Like I don't care about the play-in tournament. You shouldn't either. Nobody should. You should be caring about what the future of this team looks like with a different core, Mm -hmm. and you have that now. So if it coincides with here's a Play in tournament berth that they that they're I think four games outside of now, um, am I right? Is my math right on that? I haven't seen it in a couple days.
0: Something around that, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like four.
1: Yeah, um, but if it coincides with a play in tournament, great. That's just more team, more time for these te- this team to to gel and get and get some continuity and have some evaluations made. You know, if if you get into the playoffs, fantastic. I'm not so much concerned with that, and I don't think Monty McNair should be either. The, the fifteen years are not on him. He's been here for, what, two now? Mm-hmm. Um, the, his sample size is two. They haven't made the playoffs in, in a year. What, let's see what happens this year. So that's the way he has to look at it. That's the way that front office has to look at it. And they're building something that's beyond this year. So um, they're not done yet. Uh, obviously, they're done for this season. We'll see what happens. But I don't really – To be honest with you, Matt, I don't really care about what these next few games look like. I just want to make sure that you have a strong enough sample size to know that, hey, Fox and Sabonis look pretty good together. But again, it doesn't matter if they do or they don't. You can go into the offseason, and if the right deal comes along, you can move either one of them. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll definitely be fun. I think that there is the refreshing thing for Kings fans is to see a refreshing brand of basketball, one that you would pay to watch and one that you want to watch, because I think we were looking at – weeks and possibly months where we were just like this is gross
0: yeah well if nothing else it's different and different is good based off of what we have had to sit through over the last couple of months sean no trade is without any element of of risk the major risk in my mind, in this trade, is trading the the long term control and bargain contract of Tyrese Halliburton for potentially only two years of Demontis Sabonis. You just said two years; a lot can change. You're not too worried about two years going forward, but you also said earlier you're not too worried about the prospect of of losing Sabonis in two years. What gives you that confidence?
1: I, I think he wants to be here. You know, I think he's tired of moving around. Um, he actually said that in his press conference. Uh, he's got a you know a wife that's from. California that, that, you know, has a lot of ties to California and it seems as if it was identified as a place that, that they want to be. If I was living in Indiana, I'd feel the same way. I mean, (laughs) I think honestly you look at it and he came to a situation. Think of it this way, Matt, this is a guy who was traded on draft night and then moved to the Indiana Pacers. And you could say that the Pacers were his team. They probably were. Um, He was the all-star and he's playing with some pretty good talent, but he's able to come to a better situation that represents a fresh start for him where he's still the best player on the team. Uh, it's, a two, it's a two-headed it's a two monster now w- with him and Fox, and I still think Demonis Sabonis, some might disagree, especially with the way Fox has played of late, but Demonis Sabonis is the best player on this team, mm-hmm. and that takes so much pressure off of De'Aaron Fox, and in doing so, gives him a little bit of a freedom. Um but it's it's definitely a two headed monster as opposed to just the head of the snake as we would always hear, and uh, I think with Sabonis coming over, uh, he still ends up being that 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 focal point. He's where the ball moves through. He he's very unselfish, almost to a fault, in trying to get so many pieces involved. But he just he's so much smarter than everybody else. Um, the guy just sees plays. He's much like Tyrese Halliburton in that regard, where he could see plays before they happen. He knows where to be. He knows spacing. Um, not a great shooter, not a great defender, not even really. I mean, some I'm probably in the minority here. I don't even think he's a brilliant rebounder. Like a lot of people do. Mm. I think you'll, you'll see him be the benefit of having a rim protector. Like he had in miles Turner in both a rim protector who stretched the floor. I think his rebound numbers will probably dip a little bit here, but not by much. Like I still think he can be a 10 rebound a guy night. He should be. Um, but they need to get him help. They need another rim protector. Kings don't have a rim protector. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, they should be encouraged. I think right now, uh, what this, what he represents here, is still a young player, an All-Star caliber player. That this can be his team, and for that reason alone, if there's other, there's probably other teams in the league mat that would probably build around him, but I don't think there are many. Uh, uh, you know, meaning that there are other team, there are other players on other teams where he might not be the best player on the team, and I think because by and large, with him being the best player in Sacramento he'll want to be here. He'll just want to be here and they'll be able to pay him more than anybody else.
0: Today's Locked on Kings podcast brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. And look, I know nothing about cars, car shopping, car parts shopping can be extremely intimidating and it can also be very expensive. And a lot of times you really don't have many options. Why would you go through the hassle of going to your local parts store and ordering parts that you don't know what you're getting really, or they only have certain parts for certain brands at certain price points, you have no flexibility, no negotiating power, nothing. You're just priced in at rockauto.com. You can see a multitude of different parts, multitude of different prices, multitude of different uh, uh, brands, and ultimately it will save you money. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything you need, like brake parts, uh, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for your car. Uh, Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to Rock rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Sean, you're a Duke guy, and you've been very familiar with Marvin Bagley far before uh, many of us in Sacramento were familiar with Marvin. And I'm I, overall, I'm just happy that that era is over. I'm still rooting for Marvin, absolutely. I think he needed a fresh start, and I'm excited to see what he can do. We've already seen a highlight alley-oop between himself and Cade Cunningham in Detroit, who he's been rumored to have interest from for over a, over a year. Uh, and I'm also thrilled with Monty McNair being able to turn Marvin Bagley into Dante DiVincenzo and a pair of other players. Like I did not see that coming. Uh, very excited about that. So this is one of those, uh, those two part of questions that I know you love. Number one, your thoughts on Dante DiVincenzo, that acquisition, what he could be long-term for the Kings. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season, or rather restricted, excuse me. Uh, and then just well, your let's, thoughts start, on-
1: let's, let's start there. I, I like, I like the being, I've, I've always said that I think there was a huge um, log jam when it came to Marvin, because it got to a point where if anybody really wanted Marvin Bagley, you could just wait it out. Like, mm. like you know, see what Sacramento does. See if, see if they, like, I would always, I always joked, I said, if you had any if you had any interest in Marvin Bagley, you just go do it in the offseason when he's a free agent uh, or, you know, be competitive with restricted free agency, whatever. Even if you believe in the talent, even if you don't, like, let, let's see where the market is on him. And I think that's one of the reasons why you weren't able to trade him. I think you got into an area where, there was a lot of salary cap dump in in that in that four team trade, mm-hmm. and he helps that. I mean, he definitely assists that, and you get the guy that you really wanted all along in Dante Divincenzo. So, I like the fact that they were able to get something of value for Marvin, unlike they did with with Bogdan Bogdanovich when that deal fell through. Um, ironically, you get the same player that you that you had targeted all along, uh, Josh Jackson. If anyone knows from what I've said in the past, is a guy that I I mean, he was taking a pick before Fox. I was on record as saying in that year, he would have been my, from a King's standpoint and probably an overall talent standpoint at that time, I had him labeled as, I thought he'd be the best player in that draft. I would have taken him number one. That obviously hasn't worked. Um, There are circumstances that certainly come along, but I think he's at a good spot in his career. This will be a a free look at him, see how he can possibly fit for you. Um, But I think most people would look at him as, as an expiring contract. Same thing with Trey Lyles. For the most part, he doesn't really have much guarantee. Um, so there's a a lot of this is salary cap. But from Dante, I like it. I, I really wish he could find a shot. I, I I mean, that that he's not a he's not a great shooter. But everything else he adds, especially on the defensive end, and someone who plays hard and just knows the game and athletic ability just through the roof. Um, I, I like the big ragu. <laughs>
0: and then the second part of that question is just marvin bagley and moving on to detroit and i mean you're very familiar with him very familiar with his family uh like i said i'm rooting for the guy and i I imagine you are too
1: yeah i mean marvin's gonna be fine um i I think it's gonna be a fresh start for him it's a wake-up call for certain it's a move that not only he he would want and welcomed but it was one that was just probably necessary i'm a little surprised it happened I, i honestly thought we were just gonna get to a point where he was just gonna walk away um, and my argument to you, it seems like I was always the, the guest to come on and talk about Marvin Bagley, which is <laughs> very odd for me because it's, you know, yeah, I am a, I am a fan of Duke basketball, but, um, what I always say is, you know, it's the same thing. You're not good enough to throw away proven talent. I always yeah. say that same thing. And people will say the same, you know, people will echo that throughout the league. And especially when you're a terrible team, like the Kings have been, uh, I think people get more fatigued over storylines and social media and, Injuries, for sure. I mean, injuries are a big part of it. So I still think that kid could be a double-double machine in this league. Um, But the one thing you don't know about a guy coming in right out of college is, take the injuries aside, he's still a relatively soft player. And uh, on a soft basketball team, that doesn't bode well. So um, I still think he can do it. I still think he can be a really good, solid player. It might sting a bit to see that happen to him later on. But would it shock me if it doesn't happen? Maybe a little bit, but at this point it's a little bit more believable. Uh, He might need to be on another team or two and we'll see, but he's so young. He's got such a great talent and um, yeah, I wish him, of course I wish him the best, but uh, it, it was definitely a move that just maybe a year ago didn't make a whole lot of sense to maybe just give up on, but to get something of value after moving a guy like Tyrese and adding someone like Sabonis. Uh, We know that Marvin Bagley is not a rim protector, so it makes sense. Uh, He had had improved on his ability to stretch the floor, um, although he's still shooting around 29 something percent uh, from distance. So it's still not great, but um, definitely an upward swing there. Um, But now you just got to piece it the right way. And I think DiVincenzo will be a part of the team's future for sure.
0: You said that you don't think really much matters for the remainder of this season. The Kings will be in the play and race just because of how bad the Western conference is. And Sean, I've never asked really for your philosophy on on tanking, losing intentionally, putting yourself in a better draft position. So I kinda wanted to open this up to what do you think is more beneficial for this team going forward for the remainder of the season? Continuing to get Fox and Sabonis minutes together and this team losing and ending up with better draft lottery odds to add something to it this offseason for next year, or this team having success with Fox and Sabonis playing together and and working themselves into a play-in position, even if they don't make the playoffs and they're left with probably a late lottery pick.
1: Players don't tank, Mac. And if you want to show that Demonis Sabonis, that Sacramento's the right fit for him long-term, you don't tank. Hmm. Why? I mean, again, that value of that pick is still going to have tremendous value. Uh, You could move that pick. I mean, it's probably better that you do. Uh, to be honest, it's still your best best um, asset going forward. It's always worth more before you attach a name to it. And um, you could easily move it. It's movable. You've got all your picks. And that is something that they've left. They've left themselves great flexibility to be able to go out and make a splash. Uh, you don't go out there and, and make a move like this and then don't try to go for it. You got to go right. for it. Hmm. You want to win as many games as possible. You want to be vindicated. But what people need to hear is ultimately the play in tournament and the playoffs don't matter. That's not what they're shooting for. They're shooting for sustained success consistently through in the playoffs. Um, Sure. If it happens this year, great. If it doesn't, um, that's fine too. Like again, like you only have a handful of games remaining. You only have, I think eight left at home, you know, just have some fun with it. See what this future can be like. Um, Wherever the chips fall. I mean, look, we've seen this team, you know, have the best odds to get the number one pick and it doesn't happen. The lottery can be tricky. I know people will disagree and it's all about ping pong balls. You build through the draft. Yes, you do. But just because Matt, you end up eighth or seventh in the, in the, in the first round, you know, in the first round of the draft, doesn't mean you can't move up. If there's a guy you want, go get him, move up. You know, Kings almost did that several times. Um, We just, you just traded a guy in Tyrese Halliburton who fell to 12th. No one's crying that they didn't have the bigger pick that year once they got Tyrese Halliburton and and seeing him after a year. Now they're crying that he's out of town. So I also think that it's important. I kind of sound like a broken record, but it's also important to to really illustrate something that there is a fan culture on social media, Twitter predominantly, and then there's a fan culture of people who actually go to the games and are in the sports bars, and particularly the ones in the arena, they're going to embrace the guy when he gets here, you know, the voice on Twitter does not match what's oftentimes in the building to that point. Look at that year, that, that week where Marvin Bagley had all that noise coming out with his agent, this drama. Um, and then all of a sudden he plays and the freaking building gave him a standing ovation, Matt, like mm-hmm. that doesn't match. And, and you, I looked around and people were like, Oh my God, I'm stunned to hear that. It's like, no, it's because you value the temperature of the room on social media more than what you do with, with the true fan base. People need to be able to, like differentiate between the two because it's not the same sometimes it is but it's the worst place to crowdsource your 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 fan base um so anyway that's a little diatribe but I, just, I do that because I think fans should hear that because you know you'll you'll hear a, a temperature of the room on sports talk radio on social media and the reality can be completely different mm-hmm. you know what we're talking about here about you know a player and, and, and going for the turn, whatever, all these different things. No player in that locker room is thinking of tanking. Nobody. Um, organizations tank, players don't tank. You think Alvin Gentry, who who would probably like to be the head coach of this team, you, you think he would survive if they tank? Of course not. So there it's, you know, who, you know, losers tank, <laughs> like losers tank. That's, that's, that's ultimately what it becomes. And, you know, you can't screw, you can't, you know, screw with karma that way. If, if ultimately there's a player in the draft that you can't get based off your record or where you fall with ping pong balls, well, then you move up to get him. You do whatever it takes to get that player. That's the way I look at it.
0: The last thing I got for you, Sean, has to do with uh, Rashawn Holmes and talk about a, a, a rough year, Ooh. an up and down year for Rashawn. Poor guy, health and safety protocols, multiple eye lacerations, man can't get stop getting hit in the face. And of course, Sabonis in his first game in Sacramento, he gets hit in the face. There's something going on here with bigs getting getting clocked a little bit, but it's been a rough year for Rashawn and now he finds himself kind of replaced with Sabonis coming in. Not that Rashawn wasn't a, a good piece for the Kings. He's been one of the best pieces over the last couple of years, still a bargain contract, but that's just the way it works. He was on a bad team and and someone else, a a two-time all-star is now here in his spot. Uh, I still think he has a ton of value. Some of the Kings more than likely will move this off season, but right now he, he looks a little lost. He looks a little flustered trying to figure himself out, get back in the swing of things. I think he just needs to simplify things altogether and go back to what got him paid and what makes him Rashawn Holmes in the first place, just as that hustle and energy guy off the bench. What are you seeing from Rashawn and what do you think about his Maybe long-term fit with the team, potential value uh, this offseason. Just overall thoughts on Rashawn there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't see him as that rim protector. I think we know that, mm-hmm. and I've talked about that several times already. Like, definitely need a, a a rim protector to pair with Sabonis, and hopefully that same rim protector can stretch the floor. I know that's super rare. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, Miles Turner is a, is a unicorn in that regard. Um, but if they can find people like that, I still think there's a place for Rashawn Holmes on this team. Um, there's, there's been parts of me that's wanted to see them play alongside each other a little bit more, um, maybe experiment with that a little bit. I think that, I think Sabonis and his, the way he knows spacing, the way he can distribute the ball, um, I think can, can maybe help Rashawn get himself out of the funk a little bit. Look, we, it's well documented. He had a pretty nice two man game with, with Tyrese Halliburton and it's going to take some figuring out a little bit, but as you mentioned, Matt, Rashawn's been in a funk pretty much all year. I don't know what it is. Um, I have, you know, I have speculative theories and people I've talked to, but I won't put them out here because I don't want to like drive a narrative, but um, it's, he's a big question mark right now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of the person and I can say this. I know he's been very, very frustrated and he doesn't wear it very well, but he's also been one of the most supportive teammates that you can have. And I still think that he is the heart and soul of this Kings team. And, when you have a, the guy who's the heart and soul of your te- team team, um, even though he's not playing well, he's still in the ear of a lot of his teammates. He's still, um, you know, he, I, I seeing some of the things he did with Demonte Sabonis that first night was encouraging to see, because here's a guy that literally just came and took your job. Um, but at the end of the day, Rashawn Holmes still gets paid mightily well to be able to go out there and do a job. And so far he hasn't done it very well. So um, at least from a game and game standpoint, so I want to see that change. I do think there can be still a future there. I think it's going to be an interesting offseason. But I actually do feel like the two of them can coexist in some way, even at times when they're on the floor together. But certainly you've got a starting center now and a backup center, and it's pretty, pretty well defined who's who.
0: Well, Sean, based off how your conversation went with Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, please don't have an interview with Fox and uh, Sabonis for the rest of this season. And uh, we appreciate you coming back on Locked on Kings. Hope to do it again real soon. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out, my guy. And, uh, well, we're, we're in for a ride one way or another. At least it's different, right? At least it's it, different.
1: It is different. Different can't always be good, but I think this is going to be a good one. And, yeah, you mentioned the interview. If anyone can go, just hit up abc10.com on the sports page or go to the ABC10 YouTube channel. Uh, I would implore everyone to watch the full interview. It is, it's going to sting because Tyrese is gone and it's, it's not going to make you like him any less. In fact, it's going to really make you miss him. But I do feel if we can put Tyrese aside, Davion Mitchell in that conversation was about as personable, mm. as animated mm. uh, as anyone has ever seen from him. And I, you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back because literally, if you watch the the interview, I don't really do a whole lot. It's just the two of them going back and forth. So I was really proud of it just because even for me, I'm sitting there watching this, and it is a it's funny, it's jovial. Um, but even watching Davion was the one to me that to see this personality come from him from a guy who's kind of known as a bulldog and 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 kind of keeps things a little brief. He spoke. I'm gonna get. I know. I know we're wrapping up here, Matt, but just to bring people in he spoke to the media about pretty much the same topic about 10 minutes before he sat down with us. And I'm telling you the conversation was completely different and almost so that I was like, was he bottling this up? Did he like, what drew this out of him? Obviously it's Tyrese. I don't have to ask many questions uh, in the, in the con in the, in the whole structure of the interview, but it, it is a, it's a big treat to see him open up the way he did even if you put the Tyree stuff aside, the personality he shows and just his approach to what this Rising Stars Challenge game would have been, would have meant to him was it, like he wanted to foul out of the game <laughs> to illustrate how much how serious he was going to take it to show everyone that he was playing hard. And it's you've probably seen that clip on social media. But I'm telling you, even the stuff of him being a picky eater and him, you know, certain things that, that just that that you know the, the dynamic between him and Tyrese was really funny. And I would uh, I would highly encourage people to watch that interview.
0: I love the part of Tyrese clowning him for every bit of him wanting to take that game seriously, and Tyrese was giving him none of it. And and the tough part for me with that entire thing was this was coming after we saw. Uh, Halliburton and Mitchell playing a lot together in the backcourt and looking like they were building chemistry. They were getting comfortable playing together. Not that it had anything negative to do with De'Aaron Fox as people want to draw those conclusions. Just simply the two of them. You could see chemistry growing, and it came through in that interview. But alas, here's Sean Cunningham, the the man last to talk to Tyrese Halliburton. That's the narrative I'm going with. He didn't talk to anybody else after talking to you. The last man to talk to is a Sacramento king. You will forever uh, carry that mantle, my friend. I like it. I like it. It was an absolute pleasure having Sean here on the Locked on Kings podcast it's been too long uh, since we've had him on and I hope you enjoyed that conversation a lot to unpack there and I'm sure there's some stuff in there that you either agree with or aggressively disagree with. If so, Hey, have at it. Let's, let's talk. we got time to kill. The Kings don't play until next Thursday. Let's chat about it. Uh, During this all-star break, we'll continue these conversations. So please chime in. You can do so on Twitter at Matt George sack at Sean Cunningham. If you want to reach him, Uh, you can email me, Matt, George sports at gmail.com and YouTube comment section. You always get loose, but have at it, man. I try to respond and and see and react to as many podcast or rather uh, comments uh, as I can. And speaking of podcasts, future podcasts coming up, just because it's all-star break doesn't mean we're taking a break here on Locked on Kings. Got a busy schedule for you tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by Kane Pittman from Locked on Bucks. We're going to talk about Dante DiVincenzo, who's now a Sacramento King. I talked to Kane about Dante DiVincenzo when we thought that the the DiVincenzo-Bogdan-Bogdanovich swap from a couple off seasons ago was going down. Of course, a lot, have changed, uh, a lot has changed since then. Kane will fill us in on why the Bucks moved on from DiVincenzo really and the salary dump uh, and what the Kings got. Di Vincenzo, what Kings fans can expect going forward. The value maybe of Vincenzo going into this upcoming offseason where he's a restricted free agent. There's a lot of conversation that Kane and I are going to have surrounding Vincenzo and that move. I think I said it was tomorrow. That's actually on Sunday that that Locked on Bucks crossover is happening. Then on Monday, the 21st, I'm doing a Sacramento Kings local media roundtable. I'm going to be joined by four different guests. We're going to discuss everything Around the Kings right now. It's current with the Kings. Of course, that'll include uh, the DeMontis Sabonis trade, trading Tyrese Halliburton the remainder of the season, the play in push, uh, tanking for a better draft pick, uh, the future of this Kings team this upcoming offseason, Monty McNair's progress report or approval rating. We'll get into a lot of stuff, and it won't just be myself and one other person blabbing. It'll be a roundtable of us, five different people connected to the Sacramento Kings and media. I've done a couple of these uh, before. You seem to really enjoy them. So that'll be coming on Monday. And then on Tuesday, I'm finally going to be joined by Ross. Rafael Barlow of the Locked On NBA Draft. He'll join me and we'll talk about the 2022 NBA Draft class. Get a first look at this class. Of course, we'll talk about the big names at the top of the draft, but we're also going to spend a lot of time talking about late lottery picks and, and pieces that could be good fits for the Kings going forward that will likely be in the range where the Kings are going to be at. Of course, this is a very early look. The draft is not for a number of months, and a lot of things can change. The Combine's still coming up. We haven't even gotten to March Madness yet, so who knows where these players are going to land, but Rafael Barlow all year long pays close attention to these draft classes. He'll be able to give us an idea of what Kings and Kings fans should be keeping an eye out for. So that's all coming here before the Kings' next play on Thursday when they're at home uh, taking on the Denver Nuggets, so I hope you'll join me for all that madness and then some. I hope you'll enjoy this All-Star break as well, and appreciate you so much listening to Locked On Kings as always. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.